Hey everyone, welcome to Black, Married, and in the Military, a podcast that explores unique experiences, challenges, and even triumphs of military life. I'm Teresa Alexis, known as the Military Bride Strategist, and I'm your host. Joining me today is marriage and family therapist, Anne Brown. She works to collect the best of social science research, combine it with the wisdom of everyday couples, and use the results to show many ways to build amazing relationships. She is the main researcher behind the multidimensional theory of relationships, which highlights skills couples can use to strengthen their relationships intellectually, emotionally, socially, physically, and spiritually. She loves reading, watching the rain, traveling, and annoying her children by excitedly discussing her nerdy findings over the dinner table with her husband, Lauren Brown, a delightfully nerdy psychologist. So without any further ado, help me welcome Ann Brown. So Ann is going to share some tips and resources with us today as an expert in marriage and family and how we can resolve conflict and just different things she wants to talk about. So Ann, go ahead and tell us a little bit more about yourself and then you can help us with some resources. Well, one of the things that when I got into my training for being a marriage therapist that I noticed very quickly was that I was really frustrated with cleaning up messes that didn't have to happen. <laughs> and I wanted to be preventing things and making things better to begin with. And then a strong relationship doesn't have nearly as many problems down the road. I, it was really sad to see people come in and say, we're heartbroken. We're so distant. We're, you know, all of those things. And, and I, I kept going in my mind back to like, wait, how could, how could we have prevented that? How could we have made it a lot easier? Um, just, you know, from the get-go or strengthening the relationship. So over time, I've really focused on asking that question, how do we build a really strong relationship? How do we build a really resilient relationship? And I think when I was listening to your podcast, there were all these things firing off in my head because you guys were talking about these wonderful things. And it occurred to me so strongly that if somebody's in the military, you have sort of ongoing major stressors in the relationship and you have to be so good at these skills that I've been studying and really practice a lot and, and apply them powerfully and not just a lot of people they're in their relationship and they just kind of relax and they don't have to work very hard at it most of the time and you know but really with that pressure of, of all of those different stressors then it's like oh these are experts like these are people who have to have to know what they're doing and I think that there's a disservice done for a lot of people that nobody's doing the teaching about what are the power tools? Like what are the really impactful things that you can do in a relationship? So I love that you're doing this. And I loved your conversation um, with Lindsay. Doctor, I, I forget, what's her, what's her last name? <laughs> Dr. Lindsay Cavanaugh, that's right. Thank you, I have a horrible memory. <laughs> <laughs> but it was so inspiring to hear what you were talking about. And there was so much wisdom in there. And so I thought, oh, you know what? We should just take a minute and share one of the power tools, like one of the basic, simple things that people can do to make their relationship strong and resilient and deeply connected, but that isn't complicated and isn't really, it's one of those, it's, 
it's one of those skills that is powerful yet simple. And that's what I need in my life. I don't need complicated. <laughs> so I thought that that would be a fun thing to share today with you and your and your listeners. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Barbara Fredrickson and her work. Um, she's sort of the the author of the Broaden and Build Positivity Research. Have you? I don't know if most people haven't. <laughs> she's not one of the big famous ones. <laughs> okay, so I have to give credit to Barbara Fredrickson. This isn't my theory and it's not my work. It's it's what I've gleaned from her and sort of made it a little bit easy to to apply. So have you felt like that at all in your experiences with other people in the military and military wives that that there's this like need for high skill levels when it comes to relationships? Yes, because I was going to say to add to that, um, because when you're in the military as the member, you, you're having to hit the ground running, running all the time, like all the time. And then when you PCS and go to a new duty station, it's like, oh, it ain't like we get like a break, like a week or something. You probably got like a day. If that, you probably don't even have hours because your flight was delayed or whatever. So you get there and you having to go to work right away. So it's like, okay, when we have time back here, we're needing to be good on all these levels and not and good doesn't mean perfect, but it means that we're going to have to continuously work on this all the time. We need to always be working here so that this is not complicating this, meaning the career is not complicating the home life. Yeah. And it really, when it comes to relationships, I do have some good friends. One's a military chaplain and um, when her husband's in the military, she's also a therapist. And so we have these conversations and it just feels like you have to have a high tolerance for chaos. (laughs) But when you come home, that's a totally different kind of chaos. It feels like, you know, with kids running around or stuff. And it's, it's not nearly the same kind of skill application that happens when you get home and so that was one of the things it it feels also like when you're in a military setting that you have these deep connections with other people that are forged because of teamwork because you're achieving things together or because you're in danger at the same time and that really causes I got your back kind of you know like melding of (laughs) emotions and and becoming not not friends in the same way that you're friends with people you meet you know down the street or or whatever but like true deep connections that are strong and powerful bonds with each other um but also there's this I get the sense that there's um connections with other people that really have a lot to do with hierarchy so there's mentoring going on and sometimes you're helping the people who are a little far behind you you know they're still moving up the ranks but um you're helping somebody who's sort of under you or you're getting mentorship from somebody who's above you or it's the opposite you have a commander that's really tough and you're bonding with your peers because you're all under the same difficult, difficult command. <laughs> and and there's that kind of camaraderie that comes with having to deal with a very difficult boss, basically. Um, it, are those perceptions kind of correct? Like the, those? <laughs> yes. And one thing I would say is like, I would really love for that type of camaraderie to transfer over into the marriage space. And that's kind of what I teach because I've been on both sides of this. In uniform, I got out, my husband still was in. So I know some of the struggles, not all, because I mean, 
those people who struggle, who have been a spouse the entire time, I don't know what that's like. I've been in uniform. I have my own rank. I, I don't have the identity type of issue that they seem to be going through. So I can't relate in that way, but I have people on my ambassador team and on my resource list who has. So when people come to me, I'm able to say, yep, got you girl or got you, sir. Here is a resource for you. And so, but that camaraderie piece is huge. And it seems easier to do it with the people that you're you're doing all this terrible stuff with, you know, or difficult stuff with. And it's like, they don't think it's the same thing at home. You should, you going through life together. Like you live in there with this person. We don't want to do the roommate sy- syndrome. We want to create a camaraderie in this marriage that is going to outlast my time in service. Yes, absolutely. But it's kind of a, a fundamentally different process, which makes it a little bit more harder to do. So for example, a marriage isn't something you finish. Well, right. I mean, you you can have it be over, but it's not, you're not like, oh, we work together. We made a marriage. Now we're done. Look at our marriage, right? Like yeah. it's something that is continuous. And so you don't have that achievement piece. Like, oh, we worked as a team and we accomplished something. It's, it's forever. You have to keep working at it and there's never really an end point. And so that camaraderie that comes from working together as a team and achieving something, you kind of have to figure that out for yourself. What is, what is it that our marriage is all about? how do we know we're achieving that and how do we celebrate that continuously as we make either feel like we hit the next level or we made it through the next trial or whatever it is but that's something you have to construct yourself whereas in the military your mission is given to you you don't really choose it and you don't decide what it's going to be or choose it you don't choose it at all (laughs) so that's a very different thing that you have to do is i gotta i gotta make my mission with my partner and think it up and decide what it is and fill in the details and figure out if we're moving forward with it or not. And I think that's something that is just fundamentally different. Another thing that's very different is that the work, it's very gradual in a relationship, like in a marriage. So you can't see big changes and you can't see things happening. It's, I, I try and <laughs> it feels a little bit like the difference between harvesting and growing the garden. And so in the military, it feels like you're going to go in, you get it done. So I have a friend, uh, he's a brother-in-law, but he was telling me all about picking peaches and how there's, you have to know certain things. And the little red part is that's just sunburn. You have to look around the stem and it's, if it's green or kind of glowy, then that's not ripe. You have to wait until it's like a really nice butter yellow. And he just was so cute and excited (laughs) about picking peaches, but it felt like, oh, that's it. Like, we're going to go in, we're going to pick the peaches, we're going to pack them properly, we're going to have peaches. Um, But growing that tree from a seed is a very different thing. You have to know about soil, you have to know how much to water it, you have to pay attention to like, is it getting a disease? It's a much more complex labor over time intensive. Whereas like the picking the peaches is great too, but it's it's just a different thing. And so I feel like a marriage relationship is something that you kind of plant the seed and you tend it and it changes over time and you have to pay attention to sun and all these different things. And it's a little bit more. And so people, I don't think expect to be able to grow 
a relationship that's as strong just because it feels different and the process is different and plus you're equal. <laughs> and so you don't have it where you go from a situation that's so full of hierarchy and then try and turn that off and deal with somebody who is your absolute equal and, and that and influencing each other and working things out. That's a just, again, a very different circumstance and it's absolutely possible. And to use what you learn in the military to your advantage, but you also have to kind of put on a whole new set of hats <laughs> to say, oh, wait, hold on, we're equal, we're building it ourselves, and we have to nurture it slowly over time. That's going to be some new skills to learn and some new ways of thinking about things. And it's, it's just a, a different animal. So I can see how it would it's hard as humans to jump from one way of thinking to another way of thinking, especially when you have to go back and forth so often. It's not like you just get done with military stuff and go home and then that's it forever, right? <laughs> like you, you jump in and out. So, so the reason why I teach the way I teach, it's like a parallel method. So they don't feel like they jumping from one, one state of mind to the next. Now there is something that is different, like at work, you really can't have your emotions on. So that is one thing that is, is like paramount. You definitely have to check that before you go into the home. And I always say, if you need to get undressed in the garage prior to coming in, or like if you got a mud room or a laundry room that's right by the door, if you have to do that, just take off the uniform and do that to make yourself do the switch, then by all means do that. I had to do it. You know, my husband would get home before me, which I'm a little salty about, but, <laughs> you know, I would come in the door and take off my uniform always. And he thought I was just getting undressed. And it was like, I am, but I'm also doing something else. You know, he was just like, well, I like that you come in, of course, because he's a dude, right? I like that you come in and just take off your pants or your, your blouse. And it's like, of course you would, because you're like a dude, but I'm over here doing something mentally to make the switch from work to home. And that's very wise because it is, it, it's a lot of the same kinds of skills, but applied differently. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, it takes a little bit of conscious effort to, to do that. And so um, I think another thing that helps because you're saying in in one setting it's like you can't <laughs> so a military recruiter did talk to me in high school and I said I don't think I'm a good candidate because if someone yells at me I either yell back or hit them <laughs> you know I'm not very big at hitting but <laughs> or I'll cry those are my two things and neither of which is appropriate <laughs> in the military and I just couldn't I, I don't think I could do it um so I really look up to people who can you shut down those emotions and you just stand up and you take it and you do what you need to do and and that's an awesome skill and then you get into a different situation in your home where emotions are the key to connection there's actually a whole section of the therapy world that calls it's called emotionally focused therapy and the whole point is that you use those emotions as your signals to help you understand what's going on inside of you and what's going on in the relationship and they they're really useful messages and but if you have to shut them down all the time you're it's like being in a submarine without any of the radar or <laughs> and whatever, you know, sonar and all that stuff. It's like you're blind. You're flying blind if you don't have access to your emotions in a family. So. Right. 
And it's one of the things where it's like, you're told, good job. You're so awesome at work. And then at home, it's like, this ain't it. This ain't working. And you're like, wait, how am I doing so great over here at work? And like, when I get home, I'm being told that this ain't it. You know, so the person is feeling like some kind of way is like, so I'm gonna go over here and be the best I can because I'm getting praised over here. I'm getting recognized. And then I come home, I'm not recognized, but they're missing the connection piece that is powered by emotions. So (laughs) one of those things where it's like, I try to connect the dots for couples because it's like, okay, it's going to be, like you said, a gradual thing. It's not like, okay, I'm going to wake up today and I'm going to just have my emotions on. In theory, we would love to think that would work. I mean, because if so, everybody would do it, but that's just not how it works. You have to do things until it becomes habit. I had to keep doing the whole undress thing when I go home to mentally shift until I was able to mentally shift altogether without having to do that. I still did it because I hated camis and uh, dress uniforms (laughs) all day, you know, especially when you eat and they don't fit no more. (laughs) But, you know, I it's something I had to do to make it habit for me. And that's very, it's again, very wise that your brain, that's actually the way your brain works. It doesn't have switches in it. It just doesn't. So you have to create, it's almost like putting water down a channel. And every time you do something, it deepens the channel just a little bit, makes it wider. And eventually you'll have a big stream or a river, but at the very beginning, it's like you're pouring water down the channel. It kind of goes everywhere. (laughs) It doesn't go where you want it to go necessarily. You have to keep doing it until that channel widens and deepens and, and that kind of a thing. So that's, yes, exactly, habits. So what Barbara Fredrickson has discovered that is so cool is that you can use positivity what she calls positivity resonance Mm -hmm. is a very basic skill that goes along with harnessing the power of those little emotions and so that you get practice at it and as you keep doing this work with positivity resonance then you get better and better and stronger and stronger and eventually it sort of spills over into your ability to do really hard big things like empathy so a lot of us are saying why don't you have empathy for me to our partners? And I wish you could just really get me and understand me and then show me through empathy that you, you care about my emotions and handling my, my sadness or my, my fear. All of us have scary things happening in our lives. Um, And we want our partner to kind of hold on to that for us and with us. Like, can you hold my fear? Can you be with me while I'm scared? Can you be with me while I'm sad or with me even while I'm angry? Um, And that's, that's kind of a tall order for a lot of people and so this is like a little practice that it's powerful but it sets you up to be able to do that kind of thing with positive emotions so that joining with somebody that empathy is all about but if you do it with positive emotions you get to practice in a really fun way and it just makes your life better (laughs) then and then eventually you get to the point so um i think i'm sitting on my cord that i need Sorry. I don't want it to run out of batteries while we're in the thick of it. (laughs) Um, So one of the things, though, just to do a little lesson, I get I'm a really nerdy person (laughs) and I enjoy all the neuroscience stuff. But one of the things that that we need to understand. Oh, and I didn't turn my phone off and I apologize for that. 
pause back up. <laughs> I don't know how much you edit. <laughs> some people edit their podcasts a lot. Some people are like, no, just free. Do whatever happens, happens. It's great. Um, it be like that sometimes. And it, it's <laughs> totally okay. This is a, an authentic podcast. We're not formal. There you go. So we're just sharing our truth. And the truth is sometimes your phone rings and you thought you put it on silent and sometimes right? the battery is about to die. It's true. Okay. So now that we've taken care of that and I have a water bottle, because I just get talking and I talk too fast. You could also get me to slow down, but it's so exciting and interesting. All this nerdy neuroscience. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just to give you the, the little brief bit about it. Um, so this positivity resonance is a little bit like being on the same wavelength with somebody. So I don't know if you've ever been with a friend or a partner and somebody came in and said, hey, guess what just happened to me? And they start telling you a story and you kind of go from like, I was just sitting here reading a book or doing whatever I was doing. And then their excitement hits you. And you're like, wow, really? And you're kind of getting in and you start to ask questions and then they get more excited and then you're kind of with them on that. Well, the research says that when you do that, when you get on the same wavelength with somebody and you're kind of feeling the same vibes, that your brain waves start to mimic theirs. And so they watch the two people's brain waves start to go up and down in tandem, which is so weird that your brain can do that, right? But your heart rate also starts to mimic each other. And your body language, how you move. So, you know, they're sitting up really straight or they're intense and leaning forward and you kind of go from, you know, listening to like the same body language. Um, and those are because we have mirror neurons, these mirror neurons in our heads that really key us into what's going on with something that we see which is why movies are fun if we didn't have mirror neurons movies would be really boring but because I'm watching somebody do something I feel like I'm doing it too and that feeling with is what makes the movie so interesting instead of boring or sad or <laughs> whatever it is that's going on in the movie and so we do that with other people and when you link up like that it feeds your soul basically it's a kind of nourishment that humans need that we need just like we need good healthy food and we need just like we need exercise and it has a lot to do with what's called your vagal nerve now you have a lot of nerves and they're all connected to your brain and stuff but your vagal nerve is the one that connects your heart and your lungs and the rest of your body with your brain and it has a really important job so when you get into super stressed fight flight mode um, it is your vagal nerve that kind of pairs up with some oxytocin to calm you back down and say hey you can chill now go into relax rest and repair because stress is actually really hard it starts to deteriorate your brain a little bit and so that moving into relaxing and repairing is super super important hey friend let me tell you about an amazing community i created just for you if you're a military wife and that's whether you're the service member, the spouse, or the transition vet. You'll want to know about Military Wives Collective on Facebook. This collective of military wives show up for each other, have hard conversations, and cultivate sisterhood across the ranks and beyond the uniform. From monthly events to weekly chats, this community will help you have fun and just let your hair down, combat the emotions of feeling alone, 
and loneliness by connecting with a plethora of wives from different walks of life. Get resources and the inside scoop on events, courses, and coaching discounts that will be coming up specifically crafted for military wives, their marriage, and family lifestyle. If you're a military wife who is always looking for ways to connect, give back, and thrive in life, then this community is for you. To find out more, go to www.militarywivescollective.com. That's www.militarywivescollective.com to join. Um, people who have this experience are increasing their vagal tone is what it's called. So the relationship basically between your heart and your breathing um, and your ability to calm down. And so, I mean, this is so cool. <laughs> you mean getting in the same wavelength as my friend makes me healthier? and happier? And the answer is yes, it does. Um, people who do this often, who have these shared positive experiences where they're really on the same, wave, same wavelength, um, they have a tendency to have better mental health, a, a, better, a deeper sense of meaning and purpose in life, um, more happiness, less loneliness, less depression, less anxiety. So it's a, it counteracts those tendencies. But also, and this is fascinating, they're the, your your illness symptoms tend to be less. So people will, it actually helps your immune system. And part of the thing that they found is that your genes are actually flipped on and off. It's called gene expression. And it flips on the ones for um, antiviral, you know, fighting, <laughs> your fighting illness. And it flips off the ones for inflammation. Um, when you get to have this experience multiple times a day, you know, consistently in your life. And over time, the result of that is less chronic illness. They have these 10 and 20 year studies where the people who have this kind of experience where you just link up with somebody's brain <laughs> and share an, a, a feeling um, that they aren't as susceptible to chronic illness. So it has very specific and clear physical health benefits as well, well yeah because it's that connection piece and what connection does is basically all the things you named it makes you have a better immune system it creates a sense of purpose it lowers the chance of anxiety and depression and all of that so when you feel connected or feel like you have meaningful connection which is basically what you describe then you're less likely to be sick to be, feel lonely, to be depressed, all those things. So it's connecting on that wavelength, like you described, to where it's like, I feel happy. I feel like I have a sense of purpose. I feel like I did something great today. Yeah, and it's nourishing. And I think that's one of the things that really hit me when I was reading this research for the first time, is the idea that just like I need exercise, just like I need, you can't just eat a healthy breakfast and then eat junk food the rest of the day and think that that's gonna that's gonna cut it and so part of like the, my response when i when i saw this was like oh so many people are starving so many people that i know that i work with that i encounter that's the problem is that their sense of connection is withered <laughs> and it's not strong and they haven't had all these experiences and they're just basically starving to death emotionally connectionally <laughs> Which is so heartbreaking when there's simple things that you can do in order to have these experiences. And I love Barbara Fredrickson's take on this because she makes it clear that you don't have to only be nourished by the love of your life. 
that yeah. it's really <laughs> yeah and people even, in the grocery store <laughs> i was gonna say even the parent and child relationship which mm-hmm. a lot of people miss i was like how that is like the you're you're molding a whole human right there not just in the womb but when they get out in the world so that is another relationship that creates that well and imagine nourishing your child right this is just one more way of making sure that they get their vitamins every day right like that they have these experiences where you link up with them and are on the same page so today what i wanted to do oh there's a there's a there's a quote i love quotes Okay, so this is Barbara Fredrickson herself talking about it. Studies show that these moments of back and forth positivity resonance are not only satisfying in and of themselves, providing boosts to each partner's own mood, but they also further fortify the relationship, making it more intimate, more committed, and passionate next season than it is today. And wouldn't we all love that, right? <laughs> so we're working, that's what we're working on, intimacy and commitment and passion um, in within the relationship. So these are the little tiny fundamental building blocks. If you take it and kind of distill it down, this is one of the major things that can help lay the groundwork for that other stuff, that commitment and that passion and stuff to, and if you think about it, if you're having sex and you're having that kind of an experience where you're on the same wavelength and you're feeling each other's vibes, it's very different than if you're disconnected. And so it's a way of practicing that skill and you can definitely apply that in the bedroom. (laughs) Right. Right. Okay. So what I thought would be interesting, I'm not sure how much time you want to go through. Um, but to take even that, it, it sounds great. How do you do it? Right. <laughs> so, and to, to take it down into a few more elements of skills, like basic skills. How do I, how do I get this done then? Because it feels like it's something that should just happen and be very simple and easy. But if you think about when was the last time I actually had that kind of experience with somebody where they came in with a positive emotion and I was reflecting it back to them and we were really on the same wavelength. It feels rare. Um, so if you leave it to kind of do itself, it's not going to get done, <laughs> at least in my life. <laughs> so is it okay? Should we go through some specific little skills that'll help make this happen? Yeah, we got a little bit of time. So yeah, let's do it. Okay. Well, the one that is sort of most, well, there's two most fundamental. Um, and we'll just switch right through it. Um the second one, because we, I could spend a whole whole podcast talking about this, and I'm sure you probably have. But the first one is attention. So it's something that you can actually just practice doing. So focusing on someone, dedicating the mental bandwidth to them um, and their communications, their body language, their emotions, their needs, and ignoring distractions and that impulse to turn inward. Because that's what a lot of us have a tendency to do when we're talking to somebody. We'll think instead about ourselves. What am I going to say next? Or how do I look? Or what if they think I'm stupid? Or <laughs> like, we tend to think about ourselves rather than the person we're talking to. Um, and so to be able to get this attention thing done and really practice it, it helps if we first identify and eliminate distractions. And it can be all kinds of things. The first one we all think of is our phones. <laughs> we could just set the phone aside. I just did it, right? You have to turn it off or you have to. um, But I think even more helpful is being in the habit of saying, I'm in a conversation with somebody and here comes a distraction. 
or my husband, he's such a really nice guy. He's like, hold on, I got to cut up the kids food. Hold on, I'm going to do the dishes. Hold on. <laughs> like, you're a wonderful person. I appreciate you cutting up the kids food and doing the dishes. But it's it's still a distraction if we're trying to have this kind of on the same wavelength kind of connection and not just having a chat, right? And so he has to be careful to like, bring it back. And that's, that's it. It's just bring it back, no judgment. Bring it back, no judgment. But it can help if you can identify that and say, okay, I want to have this conversation with you and I want to pay a lot of attention. Can we get the kids settled in to eat <laughs> and take care of all this first? And then I want you to start. So you can just identify the distraction and take care of it. Um, but yeah, that bring it, just bring it back, no judgment is, is a key skill to be practicing when you're trying to do attention with somebody. Have you found that do you get distracted? Are you really good at attention? <laughs> so I have to be real intentional when I'm talking to my husband or he's talking to me or I will get distracted because <laughs> I am a person who does a lot. So, I mean, I homeschool my kids. They're in camp right now. But, you know, I homeschool my kids and he always want to talk to me or call me during those times. And I'm like, wait, hold on, hold on, because the kids be right there. And it's like, OK, hold on, let me get them settled so I can go in this other room and talk to you and hear what you're saying. Because if I don't, I ain't going to hear nothing you didn't say it. And then you're going to be like, you ain't even listening to me. It is because like I was doing something when you called, you called me in the middle <laughs> of it. And now I'm having to say pause over here to engage over here so yes i do get distracted <laughs> <laughs> me too i mean we're all busy and we we've trained our minds to kind of do that too we've trained ourselves to multitask i'm always like listening to podcasts while i do dishes and and you know all kinds of things trying to get things done while i help a kid while i you know all at the same time so yes that is perfect what a good example um another thing though for this particular one is eye contact Barbara Fredrickson says, eye contact is the key that unlocks the wisdom of your intuitions. And those intuitions are super important because one of the things that shuts this process down is if we go from being on the same team to being against each other. Right. And as soon as you do that, like as soon as your brain senses that somebody doesn't have your best interest at heart, it, it won't link. It just won't. And that's a safety thing. And it's very important because you don't want to accidentally get on the same wavelength with somebody and then have them take you on this horrible emotional kind right. of roller coaster, like dig in and get you or, you know, whatever. So your brain's very good at protecting you. And that's the first thing. Um, so eye contact really, really helps when you're trying to get on the same wavelength and share a positive emotion. Um, and that's where the distractions can, I'm just looking over here, I'm doing the dishes or whatever, that's fine for chats. But if you're trying to do this thing where you link up, you have to really, you don't have to stare them down. Like, that's okay. <laughs> but some eye contact really helps you be like, oh yeah, okay. Your brain knows they're safe and that's helping yeah. your brain out. And what my husband does and shout out to him, he holds my hands and look me in my face and I'm like, <laughs> you know y'all can't see our face but I just be like okay so I know he's trying to get my attention and really pour out his heart to me so I have to put everything I'm thinking or want to do in that moment aside hold his hands look him in the eye so he can tell me what he's telling me that and is perfect I know 
I don't do that. <laughs> well, it's uncomfortable. I, I do. No, I look at him, but I don't like make a conscious effort to get in his personal space, hold his hands and be like, look at me. But he does. That's something he needs to do to make sure that I'm listening, paying attention and that I get what he's trying to say. Yeah. And every couple's going to have to figure out that dynamic themselves. So like, what is comfortable? I know some people who are like, I don't do eye contact. I don't like it. My instinct is to just look away all the time. And I don't, you know, I, I it's just really difficult for me to do. In which case, that's either something to practice or something to work out between you. It's like, well, then what's the equivalent? Maybe holding hands is it. Maybe just being your body formation, like where you're at, can feel a little bit closer and help your brain understand that you're safe even without a lot of eye contact eye contact is sort of a a quick way to get it done but there's lots of ways to do that um and then another thing about attention is that the fight or flight triggers like sadness or tension or worry or frustration or defensiveness like those things will also shut down your ability to connect with another person and it can be really hard not to fall into that. I tend to fall into worry. Some people, it's a different thing. And and for example, you know, your partner comes in and they're like, hey, I just got this big, wonderful thing. Someone just gave me a car or I got a promotion or whatever. And part of me feels jealous <laughs> because I wanted a promotion and didn't get it. And it's really easy to get distracted into, well, that's not fair. Or, oh, you know, like, look, the kids just worked for eight hours to make a beautiful card for me. And you're like, I didn't get a card. I'm just as much a parent as you are. Um, so it's really easy to get into those other kinds of thoughts. And that, too, because of that negativity, will actually shut off your connection as well. Because you're thinking about yourself and not about. And it's okay to be sad. And it's okay to have jealousy. And it's okay. That happens in every partnership. Stuff happens. Right. But it's a skill to be able to then bring it back, no judgment, attention. This is what we're doing right now. We're just sharing this positive moment. And maybe we'll have to deal with whatever made me sad or jealous or something later. And that's okay. You can pick that back up again, but just bring it back. No judgment. It's okay. Um, attention. <laughs> and that is how that connection is actually going to happen. Right. So and I totally agree with that because Attention is huge because, you know, you can't just be like, oh, I'm going to connect today. And then it's like, okay, what do I do? It's like, you need to know the steps on how to connect. And I love that you talked about the attention piece because it's, it's paramount <laughs> and it's, it's important, like removing distractions and making sure you're focusing. In theory, we think about, oh, that should be second nature, but it's amazing how distracted we can be, <laughs> you know, just by the smallest thing. It's like you're today I'm going to focus squirrel. And then you're like distracted, you know, <laughs> yep, absolutely, so totally get that. But one thing I want to ask you is, mm -hmm. so if you could leave everybody with one major takeaway from the conversation thus far, what would it be? Oh, thus far it would be hey it's possible this is something that i don't think we take advantage of often enough and attention is a really basic skill we've all got it to some degree otherwise we wouldn't be able to 
do anything, be in the military or be a good parent or <laughs> show up for our lives. We, you know, attention is one of the most powerful tools that we have. And using attention to share positivity, it doesn't even occur to us sometimes. It just feels like it's not something that's on people's radar. And so it, that that possibility is so powerful. And to be able to practice it over and over till you get really good at it, you become one of those people that is nourished a lot by yeah. the skill. That is such a wonderful possibility that it just, I don't think we're taught to do it. I don't think it's modeled very much. I don't think it's talked about. We tend to talk about the negative stuff, but we don't talk about our positive tools very often. And so just keeping in mind as what what can I put up to remind me that I can do this? <laughs> that if I'm feeling a positive emotion or I detect a positive emotion in my partner, and that's another skill is to kind of be keyed into emotions and understand. Because a lot of us, we just think of ourselves as like glad, sad, mad, scared. And if you go online and you print out a list, there's hundreds of emotions. <laughs> so to print a list of positive emotions and circle the ones you've felt and then kind of get into what does that feel like? And what does it feel like in my body when I'm really happy or when I'm feeling peaceful or when I'm feeling excited about something that's coming up or what? And to use all of our understanding and also what about my partner? Like, how do they look? How do they move? How do they talk when they're feeling these feelings so you can kind of pick up on it more easily and detect an emotion and then you're like oh I want to join that like I'm gonna I'm gonna get in there and we're gonna bounce it back and forth between us right. and I'm gonna so even peace even calm or awe who's felt awe recently <laughs> that you shared yeah. with somebody or inspiration when you feel inspired by somebody's excellence or somebody a thought or or beauty or whatever but how do you share inspiration with your partner and how do they how then how do I bounce that back if somebody says wow I'm just really touched by this sunset it's like okay uh how do I join that and you have to figure it out it's like in that moment what am I going to do right now to join with them in that feeling that they're feeling um and kind of reflect it back and say oh yeah it's it's beautiful or you know whatever and then kind of let it, the feeling go back and forth between the two of you so you can be in the feeling at the same time it's just such a a thing to do so and yeah. i want you to tell everybody how they can stay connected to you because this has been great great information that you've shared well there's so many skills um and i could i could talk forever about uh, that's my job right now is doing this research and figuring out what are the skills, right, that can keep a relationship strong. And so I'm going to be coming up with um, little tests that people can take. And I could even, I'll do one for your, for your people if you want, just on this one sort of a cluster of skills that has to do with being able to do this if people are interested in finding out more. Um, so just email me. It's buildhopelearnjoy at gmail.com. Um, and I'll, I'll send you the links to to the, the little questionnaire that I make and to whatever else. Um, there's, there's stuff on the website and things, but it's just getting going to the point where I'm able to put this, all the answers to those questions together into a good theory um, that, and get it out to everybody. 
Um, I'm still doing mostly research right at this point, but I think we're at the transition point where I want to get started helping couples experience a little bit of this and understand better. And so if someone wants to be part of that process of me learning how to share <laughs> all of these skills, um, just give, send me an email and I'll get you connected to whatever it is that, that it ends up being. It's kind of in the process. Well, awesome. Thank you again for coming on. Before we get off here, I want to share with you listeners two major takeaways. I know I usually do three, but she hit most all of them on, uh, <laughs> on the head. So I have two this time. So number one, you have to construct your own mission. And that's good for us military people because so many times we'll get these general things that don't really hit on the military part that we need and so you have to be able to form what works for you and your marriage yourself that's your own mission that's constructing your own mission so number two emotions power connection while you don't need certain emotions because i know we say turn off the emotions but you always have emotions on so the the soft y'all can't see these air quotes that i do a lot so the soft or gentle emotions is what you turn off when you go to work and you got the hard, hardcore, tough type emotions that's in play. But when you go home and, you, you know, you connect in a whole different type of way over there. But when you go home, you need all the emotions that emotions that they tell you to turn off at home, because that's how you're going to connect with your spouse and your children. You know, and even if you got pets, you're not going to come home to your dog and be yelling orders because that <laughs> trust me, I've had a dog growing up. I don't have one right now because just in my adult life, it ain't, it ain't for me, but you know, it's those kind of emotions are what you're going to need to connect with your spouse and your kids. And it's essential for growth. So don't miss out on that. But I want to thank all you listeners for tuning in to this episode. And I am going to be inviting Ann back to talk with us some more. So y'all better make sure that y'all are subscribed and that y'all stay in the know for who's going to be my guest or whatever I'm sharing. Cause you just might see this dynamic again. So <laughs> thank you again, Anne, for coming on and sharing. Oh, thank you. It was lovely. I get, it's so exciting to share. <laughs> if you're interested in finding out more about me, the number one military marriage, family and relationship coach, you can go to www.teresaalexis.com or connect with me on social at Teresa Alexis Speaks on IG, Facebook, and TikTok, and T Alexis Speaks on Clubhouse and Twitter. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe and activate notifications so you don't miss out on any new episodes that go live. I'm excited going forward by how this podcast will impact your life and cultivate a better you and a better marriage and family dynamic. Now go forth and be awesome.